Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. We have a small group game going on here that we will be uh, starting here in just a minute. With me this week, I have Danderbin, Aura, Thorun, and Freud, Gearlock, and Axel. So we will go ahead and get started here. Uh, Real quick bit of housekeeping as we begin. So, uh, Freud, you kind of are trying to get used to the get used to the Tinker's Guild, and part of that is doing odd jobs and that kind of stuff for the higher up members and that kind of stuff. You know, being a uh, tool gopher and you know fetching supplies and learning where everything is at. Uh, so, for your downtime day, you wanted to just real quick spend. Uh, go ahead and roll me a percentile die to see how productive that that day was. Oh, oh. Um. That's, that's, that's only going to be a 67. 67, okay. So well, it was a you know an average productive day. Nothing super super spectacular, but you know you really kind of learned your way around and and did all that kind of stuff. You helped out uh, several of the uh, members there. You know, find the stuff that they needed, and they they each talk, toss you a couple of coins each time you you brought them something kind of as a tip. Uh, so you ended up getting for that day uh, eight silver pieces. So. Uh, Danderbin, I believe you wanted to uh, take care of a downtime day for uh, your character as well, correct? Yeah, pretty much same, similar sort of stuff that I've been doing for the last couple of downtime days. I'd just go off and do my best to give out 85 gold or give to people unknowingly. (laughs) Maybe just like sleight of hand into their back pocket like a couple of gold pieces. Yeah, you're able to do that. And as you're slipping money into people's pouches and whatnot, you uh, hear that there's an orphanage down in the docks where there's recently been a very, uh, very tragic event that has happened. And so you kind of make your way down to the docks, and I'm, I'm guessing you would probably help out the poor kids that are down, correct? Oh, would I ever. And then occasionally I try and disguise myself as one of the children. <laughs> it, it does work quite well. And then uh, when somebody goes to pat your head and call you a good boy, uh, they kind of feel that wisp on the top of your head and then do a double tape <laughs> as you dart around the corner and get away. <laughs> oh, this is the perfect day for the end of him. <laughs> I imagine him in like a little bonnet and stuff like that as well, just <laughs> yeah, exactly. very ridiculous. 
Exactly. You you hear meta terms. Uh, you hear later on uh, that evening, and then the next morning that uh, all this strange, crazy gnome was running around impersonating a child in the docks district. <laughs> uh, so I have 106 gold all up. I'll probably spend 20 just giving them into random people's pockets, and the rest of the 86 I'll donate to the orphanage. All right. Uh, you you will find out later on, then uh, several days after, that the orphanage has had enough money to fix the damage that was done to it during this this strange battle that occurred there. Perfect. Lovely. I'm satisfied. <laughs> All right. So then we will go ahead and get started. So now we are officially on the 24th of planting. So you guys will, or excuse me, the 25th of planting. So um, Aura and Thorne, you were able to uh, do a lot of investigating the day before on these strange disappearances that have been occurring uh, in Arcadia and the Elemental Islands as a whole. Uh, you investigated several individuals that uh, had disappeared and talked with their families and tried to get an idea of what was going on. And uh, you realize that you're probably going to need some help. And so you head over towards the job boards type area to, you know, see if anybody else is taking interest in that flyer. And so while you're waiting there, Danderbin, while you're out gallivanting around trying to figure out who else you can throw money at, you see Aura and Thorun uh, standing there near the job board, kind of looking inquisitive at, at some of the people there. Oh, hello, Aura, and hello, my lord, Thorun. <laughs> hello, Lord Dandy. <laughs> he uh, definitely chuckles to himself. Uh, what is it exactly that you're out doing today? Um, we're just out trying to uh, finish up investigating why all these people are disappearing. I don't believe any of this news has made it to my ears. Whatever are you talking about? Well, apparently there's been a lot of people going into portals and then never coming back out. Or at least coming back out in any place that we know of. And before you ask me, Say no more. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quick. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to railroad that. You railroaded yourself. So uh, you guys uh, begin then walking around the guild district. Uh, you waited a little while. You didn't see anybody super interested in that job flyer since there isn't much in the way of pay. And, and it's kind of a, a goose chase. You know, there isn't a good direct route of getting this done. Uh, so you begin kind of looking around, seeing if there's anybody that looks like they could use some work or looks like they're bored and, and want something to do. And as you get around to the uh, top side of the guild district near the Tinker's Guild, you see standing in front of the Tinker's Guild is a half-elf individual and seems to have a great metal man behind him of some variety. And he's just kind of taking in the sights, it looks like, um, just kind of looking around. Uh, doesn't look like he's going anywhere it's an awfully big coffee pot you have there. What is that exactly? Oh, hi. Um, that's um, Axel. Um, he's not a coffee pot. Um, I mean, I, I think we can get him to possibly do something like that, but I don't want to find out. But um, he's actually a warforged. <laughs> no, um, this is Axel. He's a warforged. I actually built him while I was uh, still going to school back in Bayport. Uh, is it alive or? Uh, yes. <laughs> not really, he's not really sentient. He, he but I, I can make him do things. Hmm. 
And uh, so what all would you guys uh, say to him to try and convince him to cut along? Have you heard about the people going into portals instead of disappearing and not coming back? Do you want to help us with that and your giant metal man friend maybe too? Very subtle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I-, I heard about the whole portal thing. Now, I came through a portal and I ended up here. Um, if that would be any help to you. Are you from another dimension? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I still believe Fayport's on the same dimension as you guys. Oh, yes, Fayport. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot you said that, sorry. Yeah. Um, see, yeah, no, I, I took a portal through the Feywild. And I ended up here. Is that the kind of portals you're talking about? Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, disappear. <laughs> basically, it'd be like you taking that portal, but instead of ending up here, we don't know where you ended up. That's basically what's happening to everybody else. Well, I mean, you don't just walk through a portal. I have a map of portals. Like, it shows one to the Summer Court, the Winter Court, the Wild Court. Wait, 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 wait. I think that has something to do with what happened to me the other day. I believe that I made a pact with a powerful entity of the Fae. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know I made a pact with the power to the effect. I, I, I think you're a little crazy. The few pay I've come across are a bit wild and um, don't seem to quite want to mingle with us. Oh, maybe it was just a dream. <laughs> I think I might have said too much, but AOA portals. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I mean, for, you know, in exchange for a couple of things, I could help you out, perhaps. Well, I believe that, uh, the, uh, sorry, it's a gold a day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, upon completion, you guys will be paid a gold a day for every day that you spend investigating this. Uh, well, it's, uh, right now the job pays about a gold day for each day that we spend investigating, but we don't get paid until we actually solve this. Hmm. I look at my Warforge, like, oh. Uh. It might help with my research funds. Um, and you would also know, Keith, that something this big would have a, a big enough, uh, I guess, rumor mill once you got done, you know, enough rep, um, that kind of thing, that you would gain favor within the, the Tinker's Guild for doing it. I mean, solving the mystery of where these strange portals go, that's that's something that any academic would want to know. So, you know, doing this would help earn you favor within your game. Um, on second thought, uh, silver pieces aren't enough. Count me in. But with these portals, are, are you talking about the ones that just peer up ra- randomly? Because my mentor used to talk about such things. We have no idea. People just disappear randomly. <sighs> All right. As you guys are talking about this, you see a individual in darkish red robes and a raven's mask walking down uh, kind of by where you are. And right as he passes in front of you, uh, he's like, wait portals what's what's people are disappearing into portals oh hi uh i I think i've seen you before um freud i think it is Uh, you're you're a new member here in the guild too right take your mask off i have no idea who you are my mentor said never to talk to strangers well you're kind of strange yourself too um but uh no i'm i i'm here in the guild uh i'd rather leave the mask on uh privacy issues um but anyway yeah I, i there's a. I, I'm Bob. Nice to meet you. Sorry. Um, and I kind of hold up my hand to shake. Yeah. No. Um, how about you come inside? We figure out who you are. Come on. I, my, my my hand is still extended. I, I turn towards Thorund and I'm like, "Hi. I think I've seen you working over at the 
the Fighters Guild. I'm, I'm Bob. Soren, nice to meet you. And just shake your hand. Okay, I continue around the circle to Aura and Danman. I like a man with a secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No meta knowledge here. That's fantastic. I get suspicious of such people, but... <laughs> uh, okay, so then uh, I'm like, so what's what's all this about people disappearing into portals, going to strange new dimensions? Uh, that's that's kind of how I got here, too. Long story, uh, I'll tell you guys later. But that's basically how I ended up here, I think. Hey, so you're from another dimension as well. Yes, where everything that's happening now is make-believe. Like I said, uh, long story. <laughs> Dandy just sort of mm, nod and look at you like this. <laughs> Clearly, you know exactly what's going on. So let, let, can, I t- can I take a look at that paper? Are you guys get, doing a job for this? Uh, what, what's, what's going on with this? This sounds like something I'm very interested in, you know, other dimensions and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I pull down the paper off the board and just have to hand it to you. Okay, yeah, I'd read it over, all that kind of happy fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in, guys, and actually, you know, I, I I think this might be a bigger a bigger issue than what we'll be able to deal with right now on our own. So, you know, I've been trying to get a collection of people together, you know, a, a, a intermixed guild, because I can clearly see that you guys aren't all Tinker's Guild members, at least I've never run into you guys before here. You know, uh, I'm trying to get together a small group that we can all meet together and, and work together. You know, if, if you guys help me out, I'd be more than happy to, to let you in on this. I'm in. <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit worried that uh, anything that you come up to, Braden, you're just gonna be like, I'm in! I'm trying to start a death cult to summon Orcus. I'm in! <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's the movie Yes Man <laughs> with Jim Carrey, but Dandemin is Jim Carrey. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Learn another movie I have to rewatch. So yeah, then I would like, oh, wonderful, wonderful, Dandy. Uh, are you guys uh, interested? I mean, you don't have to decide now. I, I, I can. I, I, don't, I don't expect anybody to join right now. You know, I'll, I'll prove my worth, and I have a place that that we can all meet—a wagon on the edge of town—that um, we can use kind of as a mobile. A mobile uh, uh, hall, guild hall, or something like that, if you will. So, uh, but yeah, I'd be more than happy to help you guys. So, what? Where do we need to go? Secluded wagon on the edge of town. It Sounds says free safe to me. Yeah, it says <laughs> free candy go. on the side. Oh, perfect! <laughs> <laughs> I love candy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> where is it that we uh, have to go for this? Um. Well. We've talked to a couple of families that have had people disappear from them, and we haven't really found much of a common thread between them, except the people who have disappeared have been really good at whatever it is that they do. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, just real quick, on the Chaos Plan chat, if you scroll up, I've got all the names of the different families uh, you guys visited. Um, basically all of them except for the noble family last time. So the noble family would be the Nesrin family uh, in the noble district. And then you didn't inv- uh, didn't talk to anybody that was in the uh, docks area because they're kind of scattered and you have to look for them. Uh, one lead that we do have is with uh, a noble family, the Nesrin family. We didn't get to the last time, but I think they're probably our next best bet. Oh boy, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm down for checking out the Noble District. Uh, I'm, I, I, my robes are a little bit dirty, but I think uh, we'll be all right, I think. Let's go. All, all right. right. 
Alright, so then uh, you guys all head off towards the Noble District. So you get over to uh, the Noble District and you uh, are able to pretty easily, you stop at one of the inns and you figure out which uh, home the Nesrin are in and you uh, head over there. The Nesrin family is a group of... There we go. Go ahead and uh, whoever wants to, just go ahead and roll me a d20. Five. Oh, okay. Uh, so then the uh, individual in the uh, Noble District, the Nesrin family, is a family of Lightborn. So you would know that they are... Um, Lightborn are basically humans, but they have a little bit of celestial in them. Uh, not quite Azimar, but uh, close. Uh, their main defining characteristic is that their blonde hair glows very bright, um, you know, at will kind of a thing. Uh, so that would be the Nesrin family. Yeah, that seems fitting. All right. So uh, how would you guys approach the house? What would you like to do to kind of get their attention and whatnot? Well, I mean, I have 13 pounds of explosives that we could wave around there and get their attention. Ah, we could, uh, we could put the explosives back in the... Yeah, I... I, I Nobles don't take kindly to that personal, from personal experience. And I don't think anybody takes kindly. Noble will not have their house exploded. I'll put my explosives back in my bag of holy. Very dejected. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I would say um, I'll probably not knock on the door. The plague doctor mask and the robes really don't lend themselves to charisma. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mean I'm a little intimidating with my friend here, but I don't know. I know how to talk to other nobles. Uh, Lord Thorn, you being of such high stature, of course, perhaps should uh, chat to another person of high stature. I guess I can do that. Alright, then do you just approach and knock, Virgil? Yeah. Alright, now I'm assuming everybody's going to stay pretty close to him. Mm, not really close, just maybe a little ways. Uncomfortably close. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil, you can feel Danderbin's breath on the back of your neck. <laughs> Alright, so you knock on the door. And uh, you see an elderly-looking woman um, answer the door. She's probably in her mid-60s, early 70s, something like that, uh, but still has the golden shining hair that defines the light board. Uh She answers the door, and she uh, introduces herself as Thea. All, can, all I can imagine is what she sees is we have Thorin, but then we have Danderbent over his shoulder just... <laughs> heaving breath. How tall are you? How tall is Thorin, Virgil? Uh, he's a dwarf, so he is... Uh, four foot eight, four foot nine. Okay, well, I'm, like, close to half your size, so I'd be, like, <laughs> down by your waist. You definitely wouldn't feel my breath on the back of your neck unless I've climbed up onto your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> You can't write this stuff with you anymore, Andy. <laughs> you feel my breath on your lower back. <laughs> Even creepier. <laughs> so, Thea Nesrin uh, 
uh, answers the door, and she, as I said, is in her uh, mid-60s, but still has that radiant, glowing hair that all Lightborn have. And um, she says, uh, Hello, how can I help you? Yes, we are here investigating the disappearances. Uh, we understand that uh, you know some or have someone in your family who has disappeared. Yes, unfortunately, our our daughter Margot has disappeared. Uh, so Margo, your daughter disappeared. Uh, when, where did she disappear that you know of? Well, I knew, I thought she was in her room, but she had a habit of sneaking out on occasion. Uh, she liked to hang out with some of the folks down in the in the cauldron and in the docks, um, which was a little bit less than than you know great, but uh, that's what she enjoyed doing. So we're not sure exactly where she disappeared from. Uh, how long ago has it been since she since she's gone? Go ahead and roll me a d12, Virgil. Eight. She disappeared eight days ago. Then uh, just a week, and depending on how long. Uh, was your daughter exceptional at anything? Oh, she had a very bright mind. That one, she was always able to memorize things extremely quickly. Uh, we we think she might have had a touch of magic in her, but. She hadn't ever really applied herself to to those kind of studies, but I, if she would, I think she would have been very good at a wizardry. Okay. Uh, I looks at my companion. Thing you guys want to ask? How old was your daughter? Our daughter, were, my, my granddaughter, was um, seventeen years old. She was almost getting ready to do something with her life. She was just finishing up her schooling. I mean, let's not talk about her as if she's gone. I mean, she could come back. We'll probably find her, in fact. I really hope you do. And you see that she has a single tear running down her cheek, and she says, Oh, I really hope you do. She used to hang out at the docks at this little tavern called the Salty Goblin, Mm. but we'd always tear her away from there as quick as we could. Is there any reason to go down there? Any friends? Or anyone in particular that she would go to meet? We're not sure. She was always a, a bit of a wild one. She liked hearing the tales of the sailors and the soldiers, and, and that tavern is right along the shoreline. So there were usually, that was where the crew members that would get off of the boats, that's usually the first stop that they would hit, was the, uh, the Salty Goblin. Hmm. I think we better go and ask some questions in the Salty Goblin. I'll probably have just a couple questions, maybe a couple drinks, but okay. Yeah, we can do that. If you do find her, please come back. We are offering a reward for her return. Yeah, I'm sure we can find, sure find her along with, I guess, whoever else has gotten the thing. Well, thank you very much, then. I'll tell her, I give her a deep dwarven bow and say, you have our word, my lady, and yeah. I mimic the bow. All right, so off to the docks, then. Indeed. Too bad a trip. So I'm gonna clamber onto Axel, get ready to go down, make our way to the docks. Alright, you guys make your way down to the docks and uh, right along the shore, what looks like to be a a uh, a small boat of some kind that had been run ashore and, and moved, you know, another ten or fifteen feet up onto the actual land itself is a rundown ramshackle looking place. And the sign out front looks like it's been repainted over several times. And whoever did the painting did not know Common very well. But you can make out the Salty Goblin 
painted on the most recent layer. I kick the door in. <laughs> you kick the door in. <laughs> All right, you kick the door in, and the door completely crumbles to the ground. It was barely on there as it was. You're pretty sure that it's been broken down several times before. <laughs> I shout, tell me where Margo is. You kick down the door, and all you see on the inside of the establishment is an extremely drunk and passed out goblin on the floor. Otherwise, it is just very run down and broke. I pick up the door and put it back next to the wall. Yeah, on the wall. <laughs> yeah, you're able to lean it up against the wall. Make a mental note to myself to come and fix that later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so would you would you say he is in a uh, he is in a state of poisoned or something of that nature? Yeah, he's completely drunk unconscious. This is still fairly early in the morning, so you're pretty sure that he's still sleeping off whatever happened to him last night. Okay, one sec. I might have some to fix that. <laughs> okay. Uh, unless we want to try to wake him up by other means. We could do that, too. I pull from my bag of or my pouch that I got from the Fae. I just rolled a four, which is a herb with the same properties of antitoxin. I'm just going to sort of hold it up in the air towards uh, Freud and be like, uh, I think this helps with the poison of some kind. I don't know whether alcohol Wait. is poison. What'd you pull What'd you pull out by me again? It's like a, a herb that has the same properties as antitoxin. I don't know whether it would do anything to do with uh, alcohol, but I just sort of hold it up. And, well, I'm not putting it in his gullet. Bob would then uh, go over there and uh, uh, first I would say this is going to be a bit gross, but he's a goblin, so I don't think he'll care. And I'm going to chew up the, the leaves just a little bit to get it all worked together, and then I'm going to put it in his gob and, and wash it uh. down with something that's there. Uh, he swallows it, and uh, after five or six minutes, he starts to come to. <laughs> this is like a baby bird being fed in my <laughs> mind. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what's happening, only I didn't do the mouth-to-mouth. I just kind of chewed it and then took it out and then stuffed it in his gob. So he uh, is now uh, kind of getting up and uh, awake. Uh, Bob has then uh, stepped back from the rest of the group, pulled a flask out of his belt, and is trying to wash away the taste from his mouth. So I'll let you guys do the talking so I'm not talking to myself. Look. Hey. Hey. What? What? What's going on? It's a... It's bright out, too early to open the bar. Come back at night. Oh, no, we're not here for drinks. No, then, no solicitors. Yeah. No, we're looking for people. There's a lot of people that come here at night. Who are you looking for? Margo Nestron. Margo, Margo. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, that one. She's, she's a sweet girl, but she... She really shouldn't be down here. Where did her, her parents offer money for her return again? They they do that on occasion. Yes. Well, uh, she'll she'll turn up at some point. She'll probably be in tonight. Uh, it comes in every few nights, and, and her folks come down here and yell at me to keep her out. But I uh, think the customers like her, so I'm not going to hurt business that way. How long has it been since she last came in? <sighs> what day is it even? I don't know, truly. It would be the 25th of planting. Uh, Bob would say through a mouthful of swill that he's been drinking. Um, he, uh, so he's good. Oh, 25th. He said, uh, seven, eight, nine, something. The days kind of blend together. But these, I, I, I take a drink for every drink they buy. 
So I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it sounds about right. I look over at the, the others. Uh, you know, I'm my own best customer. <laughs> oh, God, I don't feel good. Yeah, I bet you don't. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'd say, well, you mustn't have a very good memory if you're always drunk. But do you remember if she mentioned anything or anything was on her mind last time she came here? Uh, last time she came in, uh, the guys were, were doing their usual. They were playing bones and they were drinking and I lost a lot. Uh, and then then I remember they, a couple of them paid their tab and uh, they were talking about, about something they found down at the water's edge. There was a, there was a strange glow right on the... Right on the at the edge of the land by the lighthouse towers, and I remember she was really interested in that in that glow that they were talking about. I don't I don't know what happened to her after that. I know she she left at some point, but that whole night's kind of a blur after that. Well, thank you for your cooperation, Thorin. Well, I was just saying, and where is that water? Where is that tower at? Oh yeah, it's the the south. Uh, South Tower, the lighthouse, lights grass, uh, lighthouses out there on the, the end of the bay. Uh, that's uh, she was. They were talking about seeing something by that South Tower right along the shore. A uh, strange glow. I mean, those towers are always glowing a little bit, but but they said that this was different this time. Maybe it's time to go and check out this strange glow. Also, I broke your door. Sorry. Oh, it happens nightly, pretty much. They they got big arms, those those sailors, so they they slam it and break it all the time. No worries. But yeah, let me let me know if you find old Margo. She's a she's a hoot. I, I guess I just hadn't realized that she hadn't been in. Oh, you know, if, if you find her, let me know what happened. She's she's kind of a favorite here. All right. So then you guys start getting stuff together to head towards the lighthouse, since it is a bit of a walk. And Bob offers to go get his horse and wagon if you guys don't want to walk. I'd, I'd offer to grab my spider, my strider, oh, but it was called Steeder, uh, yes. Steeder, that's it. So then, uh, do you guys light up, load up between the Steeder and the wagon? Uh, um, I, 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 I don't know if my friend would be ideal to be put in the wagon. I mean, it, it might be a bit too much for your horse. Okay, then if you want to have him walk beside, you're welcome to. Yeah, probably be most ideal. All right. So then we all start making our way over towards the uh, lighthouse tower there. Uh, as you guys approach, uh, the same usual glow is affecting the area, uh, which would be something that your guys are fairly familiar with. Uh, it's, it glows regularly at the evening hours. Um, so that faint glow you know, during the day isn't anything too unusual. So as you get closer, um, you don't notice anything too crazy. Um, the mages are there, you know, with that barrier up, Danderbin, that you have experienced before. Uh, yes. You see the, the barrier around there. The mages are keeping all those spirit-type things in there. Uh, would you guys stop and talk to any of them, or would you want to continue on uh, around the front? I think maybe talking to the probably the closest mage to us or closest mage to the sort of area that we've come from would be a good idea. All right. So who would like to approach and say what to whom? Aura, are you... Do you have... What is your class, sorry? I'm uh, a soul knife, so I do like a lot of psychic stuff. Hey, Aura, you're fairly magical, I guess. Would you like to talk to these people? Last time I tried to talk to them, they didn't really understand what I was saying very well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I can try. 
All right, so Aura, you approach one of the mages. Uh, he, uh, you can see that most of them are currently channeling this barrier around the tower, but you see that one uh, uh, sees you guys approach, and he kind of steps away and uh, approaches your group. He says, uh, my name is Mage Div, and I would be uh, happy to assist you. How can I help? Um, we were kind of curious about, uh, we heard about an odd glowing around this area. Do you happen to know what that's all about? What's causing that? Oh, well, uh, the tower frequently glows. Uh, we, we have this barrier that we put up around the tower as all the spirits kind of funnel through there, as you all know. And uh, so it's, it's always kind of glowing a little bit here at the tower. Uh, anything specific or crazy, unusual? Well, uh, uh, a friend uh, was down here within the last week uh, saying she was looking at the strange glow that they had noticed. Uh, do you happen to know if you've seen any uh, female lightborns within the last week or so? You know, now that you mention it, I do remember the guy saying that there was there was some gal whose whose hair was you know lit up and glowing that was walking down over by the shore. I, I, I remember hearing that now. I I didn't see her personally, but I know you know the guys were saying that they saw somebody. Um, and, and you know now that you now that you say that, I don't remember her ever coming back this way. Um, the guys who saw her are they here right now? Uh, yeah, they're they're unfortunately they're inside the tower, but but what they told me is that they saw her uh, walking along the shore uh, about, and then he would kind of point off uh, in the direction right along the shoreline and said, right right over by the shore there, they saw her right before she, you know, right before it slopes down into the beach before it hits the water, uh, saw her walking that way, and that that was that was the last they saw her, I think. All right, well, thank you for uh, sharing that with me. I feel like this is exactly how Jaws starts. <laughs> the young girl walks down into the ocean. Yeah, exactly. All right, so then what would you guys like to do from here? Let's head in that direction. All right, you head down towards the beach and the uh, grassy, you know, kind of area around the tower itself uh, slowly gives way to a bit of a hill. And at the top of that hill, you can see out over the ocean and it's a very wide and vast area. Uh, you can see off in the distance to the other side, the identical... Uh, tower on that other shore and uh, you guys are able to uh, make your way carefully down the uh, the beach type area. There doesn't seem to be anything super strange about it. Um, there are various footprints around this area. Uh, you can see some dig marks where the tide and where the waves haven't um, washed anything, washed the signs away of people, you know, digging for shellfish or or something along those lines. Other than that, nothing super out of the ordinary to the naked eye. Would I be able to use my super perceptive old man eyes on the way down just to, like, really scan the ocean for any slight differences in, like, color or anything along those lines? Yeah, go ahead. What do your old eyes see? Uh, 21. 21, damn. Uh, you, you, you definitely push your spectacles clear up. Um, you know, uh, so you're able to, uh, as you inspect the uh, water, you don't notice anything super odd about the water. Uh, you do notice that there is a spot where the sand and the water seem to have a bit of a, a cut in them, uh, almost as if, you know, somebody grabbed a, a giant shovel and started scooping back away to create kind of a tiny little cove. Uh, it's been 
uh, you know, lapped at and the tide is gone. Uh, and so a lot of that has worn away. I'd say, um, hmm, my old man eyes can't spot much, but I see that weird little dugout cove down there could be natural. I don't know. Either way, maybe something we should check out. Well, you can easily, if you guys lower me down there, I can have a look. Yeah, you guys can walk down. It's not that steep of a slope, just where the sand meets the grass. All right, I will make my way down there. All right. I'm assuming everybody follows? Yep. All right. As you guys get down onto the beach, you notice that there are dig marks where people have dug for clams or whatnot on the beach that the waves have not yet lapped away at. Uh, You also notice it is fairly trash-free, considering how close it is to the nearest city. And you guys also basically just see boats out on the ocean. Other than that, that is about it. If anybody wants to give me a nature or perception check, go ahead. Ooh. Ooh. Both. Perception. Well, okay. Anybody else? That was a 23, get me. Uh, Is that perception or nature? Uh, Perception. Okay. Virgil, or anything from you guys? No. I have sand in my eyes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... Yeah, so, so, um, uh, Freud, you're able to see that this is an almost perfect semicircle in the sand where it's been. I mean, other than the waves lapping at it and eroding it a little bit, this is almost a perfect semicircle, almost as if a sphere was, you know, cut out of here. And Danderbin, you are able to identify as well that the sand here seems to almost, you know, right at the edge of where that is, almost have kind of a a glassy reflective sheen to it. Um, almost Ooh. as if, you know, yeah, something something was there. Is this a portal? I have an idea. Uh, I'm going to take off my backpack, reach in, pull off the pouch that, uh, that Fizzwhip gave me. Pull, I'm going to pull out a pinch of the dr- dust of dryness and throw it into the spot. Alright, you throw it right into the center of where that spot was, and then all of a sudden all water, and I think it's a five- no, not a five. Is it a five book cube? Let me check. Dust uh, let me scroll up here. Hopefully, it'll be enough to open up that area for me. Uh, and a fifteen feet. Feet. the water, fifteen feet on the side. Yep, yep. Ooh. So then that that whole area, all the water that just right in that that circle, just kind of like whoop, into a little glob. Or not a little glob. This would be a fairly decent sized glob. Um, but all the water in there just shrinks into this little glob and you can see that it is definitely for that split second before the rest of the water comes rushing back in. If, if it wasn't for the waves and whatnot, it would be a perfect half sphere from what you can see in the sand. Hmm. And the yeah. sphere goes down. Yeah, the sphere goes down about a foot and a half um, in depth uh, and it's about five foot wide. Are we like standing very close to this thing right now? No. Oh. If it produces a marble, I'm going to go ahead and get, get my hands on it if I can. Yeah, you guys are only a couple inches away from the shoreline. Can I belly flop I'm into it? I'm going to go ahead and just do that for now. All right, as you reach down to grab that marble, Danderbin belly flops into the water with a big <laughs> splash. Getting everybody soaked. <laughs> Wait, so that wasn't a portal? <laughs> nope, with a great splash, you belly flop into the water. But my gut tells me a portal may have been here. <laughs> I turn around, all wet, and I say, I really thought that was a portal. I'm sorry. <laughs> As you're still standing there in the water, you hear, doo-doo, 
Yeah, so uh, anybody that wants to make, you know, uh, an arcana check or something like that is more than welcome. Let's see, that's a 16, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, then you would definitely be able to tell that there was some sort of major magical discharge here at some point, and judging from the perfect half-spear type shape in the sand and the fact that the waves and all that haven't washed it away entirely means that there was some sort of extra bit of work that was done here. Uh, Upon closer inspection, you also notice that there's kind of an edge of glass around it, almost as if a great heat or something was produced when this happened. Okay, I am trying to recall what um, the... uh what the, the wizard I spoke to, he said there was like a pattern to these, like partially random patterns to the portals that keep showing up. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh. Perhaps if we all wait here long enough, it'll happen again. We all just have to stand down here in this little, this little, <laughs> little puddle. I don't want to be too close in case that thing expands and takes us with it. Because if we end up in the shadow fell or something like that. Um, yeah, we're not. I, I doubt we're going to make it out. Yeah, Bob. Bob would overhear you, um, kind of up on the shore, just walking down into the sand now, and say, "Hey, yeah, you, you guys want to wait here? I've got cooks' utensils and stuff in the in the uh, cart and some food. I could whip something up while we we wait and see what's going on." Sounds good. Thank you. I'm always hungry. Yeah. So then, uh, what we can do for meta terms is we can say we go ahead and take a long rest here. Everybody just kind of. Sitting and waiting, eating some food, uh, you know, chatting about what happened, that kind of thing. Sound good? Cool. All right. So then um, is there anything else you guys would like to do while we're taking this long rest uh, as far as stuff to talk about before uh, evening hits? I would say, um, how long have you been able to make cool daggers out of your mind energy? Um, for quite some time, uh, most of my life. And has it always been something so violent as, like, making a dagger or, do you know, can you make other things like baubles and stuff like that with your mind energy? Um, it, it's mainly just the crystals. Yeah, I can okay, make okay. crystals, I can make small crystals, and that's about it. Well, that's something that's pretty cool. I hold out my hand and I pop out a large crystal and just sit there and show I'm going back and forth between uh, the one crystal just multiplying out and shattering into a thousand different pieces and then forming back into a large crystal and just doing that a couple of times, just kind of throwing it off. Psychic, psychic fidget spinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, you fry yeah. his brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. As evening approaches, a tension starts to fill the air, and anybody who has access to magic and spell slots feels the hair on the back of their neck stand up for some reason, and they become extremely uncomfortable. After a few minutes of this and looking around, you begin to hear the rush of water, almost as if you're near a waterfall or a very fast-flowing river. You look towards the beach where that spear was kind of cut into the sand, and a large, round, spherical portal begins to open up in front of you. As you watch in horror, a translucent, glowing, purple, white, blue, shifting colored spider comes launching out of that portal. Go ahead and everybody roll me initiative. Whoa. Hot damn. Uh, 15 for me. 
All right. And then Bob got a 16, so Danderton. And then Bob. Or in form? 11. All right. 19. Oh, nice. And Keith? Two. Two. Okay, and I believe Axel goes on your turn, correct? As of right now, Axel is on my turn. And then the spider will be going first with a 21 total. So it jumps out of this portal and begins rocketing towards Danderbin. That is a 16 to hit. That hits. All right. It bites into you and deals to you three points of piercing damage, and I need a constitution saving throw, DC 11. All right. Oh, 12. 12, all right. You just passed. So you take only half of the damage. All right, you take eight points of poison damage. Guys, I don't know whether you can see the giant spider biting me right now, but we're in trouble. Yes. All right, we are then on to Thorun's turn. So, Thorun, uh, go ahead if you want, make a nature check to see if you know what this creature is. Ten. Ten. Uh, you're not quite sure, but you can definitely tell that it is not of this plane. Well, obviously. So go ahead. Uh, you can do your turn. Uh, who comes after initiative? Uh, it goes the spider, you, Danderbin, Bob, Aura, and uh, Freud. Okay. Uh, I will jump up and, like, super speedy run to it, and I will attack. Uh, that's going to miss. Uh, and then my sec- my uh, bonus action to attack, uh, that is almost guaranteed to miss as well. So that's my turn. Okay. Uh, we then move on to Danderbin. Go ahead, Danderbin, and make a nature check and see if you can identify what this creature is. Uh, 20. A 20. All right. Uh, with a 20, you since you have a steeder, kind of know about the spider family. This is a phase spider. So a spider that comes out of the ethereal plane. Oh, Oh, damn. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Uh, and what would you like to do? uh, I'm going to hit it in the leg with my uh, hoopak. I think that's what he The club. The hoopak, yes. Uh, With a nine to hit. (laughs) A nine does not quite hit. It is shifty enough that it is kind of skitters off to the side and gets out of the way. Then I'll use a bonus action to spend a key point and flurry of blows and just flail my leg towards it. Ah, with a 5 to hit it again. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, And then a 13 to hit. 13 hits exactly. Oh, all right. Cool. So it's going to take a whopping 4 points of flailing leg damage. Oh, no. Oh, right. Well, you are able to uh, punch at it, but its exoskeleton is extremely strong, and so your fists, you don't think, had quite the effect you want. All right, on then to Bob. Bob is going to uh, slam his uh, glaive into the ground and in a three-part harmony say, The morning calls for your death, mortal. And so... It then, the next person that attacks it, it will deal an additional five points of... Oh, no. uh, Nine points of damage to it. So then we move on to Aura. All right. I pop out my uh, large crystal. And that's uh, a 12 to hit. 
12 does not quite hit. One point short. Alright. Well, I tried. <laughs> Alright, anything as a bonus action? No. Alright, we move on then to Freud. Alright, uh, since I have the ability now, I'm sending out, I'm going to use um, both those bonus actions, send Axel over to get the spider off of um, Danderbin. So. Alright. Axel goes dum 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 through the sand, and are you going to have him just like shove the spider out of the way, or try to get between them? It's it's going to be an, an attack, but awesome. I'm going to put Axel between him and the spider here. So let's see, sixteen does beat its base armor, correct? Yep, that hits then. So then go ahead and roll that damage. Let's see, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you, you said another five on top of that attack, correct? Another nine. Another nine. That's 19 damage. Damn. All right. So with uh, that great swing as it goes uh, with Axel kind of runs in there and shoulders the spider, shoving it back just a little ways and follows up with a great swing of that great axe. And as that sword is swinging through the air, it begins to glow with a strange black necrotic type energy. And it slashes into the creature, killing it 19 total points of damage. We then move on to the spider. Another spider leaps out of the portal behind the first one and charges uh, up. And it is going to go ahead and make an attack against uh, Axel. That is a 14 to hit. Nope. All right. It sinks its fangs into Axel, but it is not able to do any damage to it. The metal of it being stronger than its fangs. And uh, then the second one that is there is going to go ahead and whip around and attack Axel as well. Uh, That's a 16 to hit. (laughs) Yeah, 16 hit. All right. It is able to then, with its great weight behind it, it plunges its fangs, scraping at Axel and dealing to him. Only five points of damage, and I believe Axel's immune to poison, isn't he? Yeah, he's immune to poison attacks. All right, then there is no additional damage to him. So then we move on to Thorun. There are now two spiders that have swarmed Axel. All righty. I will attack the wounded one. Uh, That is a 19 to hit. Uh, 19 definitely hits, yes. I'm going to make this a sweeping attack. So I roll damage. All righty. That's going to do... So the one takes nine points of damage. Okay. The other one takes uh, three points. Uh, The wounded one takes nine. The other one takes three points of damage. All right. As you go to sweep your blade across, you are able to catch it on the exact opposite side of where where Axel gashed it with this weapon. As you cut all the way through, nearly separating the abdomen in half, uh, it cut straight through it, and that phase spider all of a sudden begins to kind of phase out of reality, go ethereal, and is sucked back in through that portal. Your blade then cleanly passes through the other one, or passes and strikes the other one, gashing its side as well with just the end of the blade. Bonus attack. All right. Uh, that misses. That misses. All right, you go to spin around to strike it again, and it leapt back slightly from your strike. So, Danderbin, it is now your turn. How tall are these spiders? These spiders are considered large, so they would be, yep, they would be eight, ten feet tall um, at the abdomen. 
Okay, yeah, definitely not. Uh, I'm going to use a action to... I'm going to use my bonus action to do the up to mischief uh, to open up my bear trap. <laughs> and then I'm going to run at the spider and try and put it firmly on its leg. All right. So I think that is a... That is... <laughs> uh... Dexterity saving throw. All right. Uh, that was a let's see, nine plus two for eleven. Eleven failed. All right. It uh-huh. snaps closed. What's Takes the damage? Three points of piercing damage, and now there's a bear trap on it. All right. You see that it kind of tries to spin around and look down it as that bear trap clamps down on it, but it isn't able to get, you know, it isn't able to see the leg that it's clamped onto, and it seems extremely pissed off by this action. (laughs) I am much (laughs) of All right. It is now on to Bob's turn. Uh, Bob, now that he has his mask back after that mistake by not having it when I went running, uh, is going to use a cantrip Booming blade. So you see that his um, glaive begins to uh, kind of have a, 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 a sonic type resonance about it, and he slams it into the um, into the phase spider. So let's see if it hits. Uh, that's a sixteen to hit, so that does hit and deals to it nine total points of damage, and then it needs to make a saving throw. Oh, yeah, that's an 18. So it passes the saving throw. So the sonic energy of Booming Blade has no effect as it strikes, but it still deals that damage. Um, and then that is the end of Bob's turn. So we move on to Aura. Alright. Well, I'm going to try the to uh, shoot the shard at it once again. That is an unnatural 20. Yeah, that definitely hits. Alright. Um... So I take the shard and I uh, basically just kind of, I guess, shoot it with my mind towards uh, the closest spider. And that is eight points of uh, damage plus uh, two psychic damage. Very nice. It is down to single digits in health as this shard of mind energy strikes it right in its face area, and you can tell that you definitely put out a couple of his eight eyes as it slams into this, and it re- rears back in obvious anguish. Uh, we then move on to... Uh, uh, Freud. Okay, alright. Um, so just so that way Axel doesn't get torn up, because he's already in really bad condition from this. Um... I am going to go ahead and see if he can hit, or what I need to try to get the spider off of me, or off of him. Uh, if you don't disengage, you will take an attack of opportunity. Uh, disengage, disengaging is an action, unless uh, it states otherwise as one of your class features. All right, because I, I, I have buffs, but there's no way to buff at the end, so... <sighs> okay, that's going to be... A 23. You're attacking? Yes. Yep, then that definitely hits. Alright, so... Six. Uh, that's gonna be uh, another uh, nine damage from the greatsword. Alright, as the greatsword comes down on top of the face of the spider, 
It cleaves clear in half, just like the last spider. It phases off into kind of this ethereal halfness and rockets back through that portal. Just as you guys try to take a breath, you see another spider erupts from the portal and charges at you guys. Is there anything else you would like to do, Freud, to end your turn? Um, just because um, it is a bonus action, I am going to put... Alright, who, who has lowest hit points right now? Or who has low, lowest AC, the group? I have 13 out of 24 HP. I've I'm putting Freud in front of Dandy Ben, so that way it puts his AC up to 16. Cool, alright. As the health so, action. Uh, oh, it's a bonus action, yeah. Alright, then we move on to the phase spider's turn. It has just erupted out of the portal. And you guys are getting to be a getting to see a theme here. About every six seconds or so, another spider jumps out of that portal. Uh, and it starts scrambling up towards you, so it moves up the 20, 30 feet, uh, roughly, and advances. And since nobody's in combat right now, I'm gonna roll a D6. And that's a three. He approaches Bob. And he attacks. That was a 14 to hit, which is one more than I've got for AC. And he bites, dealing nine points of damage to Bob. I then need to make a constitution save, which I failed with a two. And I now take... I took 13 points of poison damage from that. So Bob is not looking great at this point. We then move on to Thorun. Run up and attack. That's going to miss. Bonus action attack. Uh, That will hit with a 14. Yes, 14 does hit. And that is six points of damage. All right. Uh, you can see as you bring your katana up for the second strike that you are not... I guess your sword is it? Is it a katana or is it a... No, it's just a normal sword. That's right. Um, so as you bring your sword up, you run it right along the joints where its legs meet its abdomen, and it uh, shrieks out in a very high-pitched, strange noise as you run it along those joints. Okay, I will... Following in Thorin's footsteps rush actually first i will load a rock into the sling on the hoop back and i'll flick it at the face spider all right go ahead with a unnatural 20 to hit yeah that very easily hits and for six points of bludgeoning damage all right you throw it and it catches the spider in one of the eyes and it loses sight in that eye I'll then run up and I'm going to toss some, use a bonus action to use up to mischief to toss some caltrops underneath it. Okay. All right. And that'll be my turn. Okay. Uh, Are there, is it at the start of its turn that it has to roll for the caltrops? Uh, Any creature that enters the area must succeed on DC 15 dexterity saving throw or stop moving this turn. So I assume... Yeah, I don't really know, actually. Um, Alright, I'll roll it at the start of its turn, because it also takes some damage, doesn't it? Ah, yes, and it fails at saving throw. Alright, then we'll go ahead and just start it at the start of its turn. So then we move on to Bob. Bob is going to... Bob's going to heal himself, because I think that would be a good idea. 
So, Bob casts Cure Wounds upon his person and heals for, let's see, it's plus. All right. So, Bob is doing a little bit better, not as bad as what he wants. So, we then move on to Aura's turn. All right. Uh, I'm going to try the same thing as last time. Will a 14 hit? 14 hits by one extra point. All right, so that is six points of damage and five points of psychic damage. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, Yeah, as you rocket that that shard into it, it slams into the spider. Uh, It rears back in pain once again. Freud, it is now your turn. Um, okay, I think I want to do some magic stuff this time around. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get up behind uh, Thorin and I'm going to touch his sword and cast Imbue Luck on it. So it will give give him a second chance. Next time he fails a swing, it gives him a second chance. Okay. Alright, and who did you give that to, Thorin, you said? It'll be Thorin. Alright. Anything as a bonus action? Um, I am going to uh, put the help action um, towards Bob now to uh, give him space between him and the enemy. All right. So what effect does that have? Um, All it does is basically before you can get to Bob, you have to go through Axel. Gotcha. All right. We then move on to... So then Axel shifts to the side as Bob is is casting that spell and kind of provides some cover. We then move back on to the phase spider. As has been happening every six seconds since we started this, another phase spider comes out and rockets towards the group. This time it is going for number one. So Thorun, a phase spider, jumps up towards you. And that was a natural one. So you you are very easily able to dodge out of the way as the spider kind of almost goes clear past you um, in its charge. Uh, the original phase spider then um, the original phase spider then is going to go ahead and attack Axel since Axel is standing right there. Does he that step on his caltrops? Oh yes, thank you. Uh, and say. that was a fail with a three. Oh, plus two for five. So still a fail. Mwahaha. He takes one point of damage. Oh god! He's still standing, but it was definitely a lot trickier than he wanted. <laughs> and we, yes, and uh, he totally whiffed the attack roll as well. So we uh, then move on to Thorun again. Uh, I will attack the original spider. Uh, that'll miss. Bonus attack. That will also miss. Oh no! You swing your sword. Luck. Yes. You swing your sword twice at it, and both times it is able to kind of shift a leg in front of you, kind of cutting your arc short so it didn't have enough force to get so through its carapace. Um, I'm, I, I can basically allow you to re-roll one of those attack rolls. Okay, so then both of those rolls would have been the first attack, both of them hit. So then the bonus action attack, uh, 14? 14 hits, yes, one point over. Okay. And that's three points of damage. Three points, all right. You strike it, uh, and that was the wounded one, not the new one, right? Yes. All right. You strike at this creature, and it it bats the first strike out of the way, but you are able to recover and bring your sword straight up in a piercing strike, and you stab into its body, dealing a fair amount of damage. 
It's standing, but not by a whole lot. We then move on to Danderbin. All right, I will run up to the one that isn't standing by much and make an attack with my club. Oh, only a f- nine to hit. The nine does not quite hit, no. And then I'm going to try and uh, kick it in the shin, if it has a <laughs> shin, I guess. Oh, with a ten. A ten, not quite enough either. You're, you're debating with yourself on where exactly the shin is, and that confusion was enough to pull your strike a bit, and uh, it just didn't quite crack the carapace. All right, I end my turn. All right, we then move on to Bob once again. Bob feeling a little bit better, but not quite up to up close and personal combat. Is going to use another cantrip, Toll the Dead. So I need a saving throw from the spider. And let me get my die. I believe it's a 12. It fails the saving throw with a natural one. And does one more point of damage. It does six points. So one more point of damage than it needed to kill it. So this phase spider hears this ringing tone of the death spells. And it once again incorporealizes and rockets through the ethereal plane. Leaving your trap behind, Anderbin. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so we then move on to uh, Aura's turn. All right. Um, why fix what ain't broke? Ooh. That's over a 20. All right, yes, it very easily strikes this new spider that has been attacking Thor. All right, that is uh, 10 points and then one psychic. Okay, yeah, that is a significant uh, blow to this creature. Almost took it down to bloody. So you, um, wait, that's only nine. There we go. Uh, so that was almost enough to take it down to bloody. You stab this this crystal into it, this mind shard into it, and once again, it is. It seems to that ethereal resonance seems to be almost a little bit weak to your psionic energy. We then um, move on to um, Freud. Okay, um, because I guess the only thing I can really do because um, I really can't do much. Um, I'm going to uh, run by um, uh, by uh, Danderben, and I'm going to uh, put Arcane Weapon on his uh, boots. Oh, so wow. I'll give him an extra D6 to his attack of, of uh, review what it did. I think it was an element of his choice. Yes. Um, on on the, For the next round, he can use a... Um, he can either use fire, shocking, or uh, any elemental damage. 1d6 worth to his attack. Awesome. You get that? So I'm just going to slide by and touch his boots as I go by. Oh, thank you. I'm impressed you managed to touch my boots considering I'm like two foot eight. I like to think it's... Yeah, I like to think that it's that baseball slide. You just like slide as you're going by and just slap the boots. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Uh, and is that everything for your turn? Um, I guess as a bonus action, um, I'm actually going to move Axel over to where... So basically, the next spider to come up, he can try to swing it back down into the portal. Okay, so you move him forward about 20 feet in front of the portal. He will take That's one attack of opportunity. What's that? Yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. Yep, so this phase spider strikes at him. 
that's a nat 20. Luckily, he doesn't get the poison damage because it's 48 poison. Uh, so, um, Very lucky. Yeah, you only take 9 uh, plus 2, so uh, 11 points of piercing damage from this oh, strike. No. So you watch as the pierce happens, and h- how does Axel go? Oh boy! <laughs> you get oh, no. yes. This phase spider sinks its jaws into uh, Axel, and you can see that he just misaligned something. There was enough force behind that strike that he just pulled some gear or something out of alignment, and Axel just falls to the ground, unable to function. Since he's not alive, no, he's not that... technically dead. He just can't that... move. Oh gosh! So for for since oh. he's a since he's a mechanical creature instead of sentient, we're just going to say that he pulled some gear out of alignment and Axel falls to the ground with a thud. Oh. All right, we then move on to the phase spider's turn. And just as happened every round, another one jumps out of that portal. You guys know you have to do something about this. Anybody that wants to make a check real quick to figure out what it is, go ahead. That's a nat 20. A nat 20. You are yeah. almost with an un with a certainty that it's beyond you. You have a feeling that until something passes through this portal, the other direction, it is going to continue to close, or it is going to continue to spit creatures out. All right, so it is the spider's turns. The spider once again uh, advances this time on. God damn it, Bob! Once again. <laughs> <laughs> And Bob gets hit again. <laughs> and, and Bob is unconscious. Oh, no. <laughs> Bob hits the sand with a thud and goes unconscious. The other spider is currently engaged with, uh, just took down Axel. It spins around and Danderman, it attacks you. Cool, uh, it's cool, only cool. a 12 to hit. Ah, uh, that misses. All right, so it goes to strike at you, but isn't able to do it. We then move on to Thorun. Um, well, poopy. Um, let's see. What do we got for items? I'm going to go up to the one attacking Bob and attack. That's a 14. 14 hits, yes. Alrighty. Uh, how is this one looking? Uh, this one's been the full health one that just jumped through the portal. Alrighty. I'm going to do a trip attack. So it must make a strength saving throw. And that was a seven. It fails. It takes six, uh, ten points of damage. And it is now not thrown. And that second, my bonus action attack. Which you would have advantage. Uh, it's a 25. Something to hit. Yeah. And that's... Uh, four points of damage. All right. It is definitely... It is right at bloody now. All right. We then move on to Dendrofin. All right. I will... Well, I don't have anything to say to you either. Sorry. But I'm going to run up to the spider that Thorin is attacking. And I... Actually, I'm just going to huck a oil flask at it. All right. Uh, you have I advantage to hit it. I have elemental energy on the flask of oil, do I not? Right, on your boot. On my boots. Okay. You could just, like, swipe it across the flask, and there's enough excess oil on the cork of the flask that you could light the cork on fire. I think I know what you're doing here. 
perfect. That will work. Uh, that's going to be a 13 to hit. Yes, this Molotov cocktail strikes the spider. Perfect. All right, well, the flask shatters on impact, so spider's now covered in oil, and I assume now taking fire damage as well. All right, so go ahead and roll the d6 for the uh, die. Okay, so how much uh, damage would I be doing? Uh, so go ahead and roll the d6 for the fire damage uh, on the boots that he did with Elemental, and then we'll add uh, your dex modifier to it for the glass shattering. Um, okay. Uh, that'll be four points of damage then. Four points total, and then the five, I think it said, from the flask, correct? Yeah, the five fire damage from the burning oil. So then that is nine total points of damage, and this spider is almost dead. It awesome. is not looking good at all. Anything as a bonus action? Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. I will uh, run back over to Bob and throw a, another bag of caltrops in front of you, sort of in the direction between you and the spider, so they run to deal with caltrops. Awesome. All right. Uh, Bob's first death saving throw. And that's an 11. I pass one. <laughs> All right. Aura. Yeah, exactly. Aura, it is your turn. Is it just something that has to pass through? Like, like do I think it's just like an object that has to pass through? Or does it have to be like some very substantial? You're not 100% sure, but water and sand have been pouring into this portal because the portal kind of opened, you know, about a foot and a half under the water. So water has been regularly pouring into this, but nothing else has gone in there other than the water. So you're not 100% sure. I guess instead of attacking the spider, I'm going to kind of uh, take my shard and like kind of hit the edge of the see if like I can knock it in and like my grit and see if that makes a difference. Uh, that is a 16. A 16. All right. That is more than what it needs for its AC. So then go ahead and make a strength check. Um for the force of that blast. That is an eight. That is an eight. Unfortunately, it rolled higher than that, so it see that one of its legs kind of steps back into the portal, but then it continues, uh, you know, steadies itself back out. But it did not close from one of its legs going. All right. Anything as a bonus action or uh, anything? Yeah. Um, who would be getting closest to me? Uh, if you were in the back, it would probably be you by yourself, and then in front of you would be, uh, uh, Danderbin, uh, Bob laying on the ground in Thorun, uh, Freud would be off to the side somewhere, and Axel would be laying kind of in front of the portal, uh, a little ways ahead. Um, I take a few swords to Danderbin, and, uh, I take a notebook that was latched at my side... And I hand it to him, and I say, make sure this gets back to my mother. And then... Wait a minute, what? And then I'm just gonna move, and I'm just gonna jump into the portal. Oh god, are you gonna try and, like, push the spider in, or are you just gonna dive into the portal? Can I use a reaction to do something? (laughs) Uh... Aura, would you, like, toss him the bag, or would you, like, hand it to him? Oh, I hand to him, and, like, I take his hand and, like, set it on... (laughs) But like to make sure that he has it in his safely secured. Uh, okay, uh, Danderbin, you could make a dex something to try and grab a hold of her if you want. Uh, or you can, can I just test it with attach. 
Can I just attach manacles to both our hands so she can't go away? <laughs> no. Nope, uh, nope, you're not going in there. Yeah, that would take a bonus action. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. Uh, I probably, uh, oh man, okay, uh, should I try and grab her? Okay, yeah, go ahead, uh, Aura, you can make a strength or dex roll to not be grappled, this is basically a grapple. And I'll make an, a strength check, perfect. The old man. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you're going in the portal with a six. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so then you skirt around the outside, and did you say you're going to dive into the portal, or are you going to try and push the spider and you into the portal? Oh, I'm gonna try to take the spider with me. Alright, go ahead. Uh, strength contest. That's a two. <laughs> Even with their plus two, it's still not enough. You shove the spider and you into the portal. It closes behind you. We ah. then move on to Freud. <laughs> you oh. there, Freud? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm just in a little bit of shock right now. Just Oh, um, so what? What? What all is remaining right now? Because I'm, I'm kind of a mess right now because Axel is down. I just watched someone jump into what I assume their death. Uh, so um, there's a single spider that is currently on fire, standing over Bob <laughs> with Thorun and Danderbit pummeling the crap out of it, and Caltrops all over. <laughs> so, oh yes, like letting it slide out of my bracer, my hand. I'm just gonna. Like just magician, my hammer out, but put Sonic. Use my last arcane weapon to put Sonic energy on it, and I am going to pummel this spider. I am upset beyond belief. So, is that is that an action to cast that spell, or is that a bonus action? Um, it's going to be an action, but next round I am going after gotcha. whatever next. All right. So then, I'm assuming you just move up to it, or are you going to wait until your turn? Uh, I'm going to move up to it. All right. We then move on to the spider. Since the portal closed, no new spider comes through. And the spider that's on fire is going to try to uh, put itself out so it, like, stop, drops, and, and rolls. Um, <laughs> on the cow truck. On the cow truck, yes. Oh, so no. it is... So it is able to put the fire out so it's no longer burning, but it does... No, it's at the start of its turn. It takes damage, doesn't it? Uh, if it moves around, it does. Well, I mean, the, the fire does... Oh, yes, it does. It burns for two rounds and deals five fire damage to any creature that enters... Uh, oh, on the end of its turn. On the end, okay. So then it flips over, it puts the fire out, but it takes damage from the caltrops. Go ahead and roll that damage. Uh, it's just one point. Just one. <laughs> All right. It is still barely kicking, uh, and it is uh, now stood back up. Thorun, it is your turn. That's a 14. Yeah, that hits. Uh, that is five points of slash damage. All right. Go ahead with your next attack. Uh, I'm going to flurry of blows this. That's a 13 to hit. Yep. So that's... Three points, and the last one hits as well, and that is another three points. All right, how do you finish off this spider? Just slash, cut the leg so it flops the side, and then with the couple others, just like jab the sword in, and then twist it. Grab the the crossbar on the sword, and just twist the sword. So it is done. 
You see it fades into an ethereal form, and since it has nowhere to go, it condenses down into almost a crystalline shard that now lays on the beach. Everything has gone silent. Uh, What would you guys like to do from here? I don't know about you guys, but we have an unconscious friend and someone who just went through a portal to stop spiders from another plane coming to kill us. And wait, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. Things are crazy right now. Uh, Bob makes another death saving throw. Yeah, Bob stabilized. It's fine. All right. Um, so then, uh, what would you guys like to do from here? Bob's limping pretty hard, and I think everybody is uh, not doing well at this point. I mean, are we just going to let our friend go through and what? What? I mean, Bob, if you think about it, I, I guess I'll retract that, my spell then. But oh, that um, that girl that we were looking for, Margot, is probably in that portal with Aura now. Hopefully, right. I, I may have a way to find out what happened. Um, I've got a magic quill that can tell me things if I, I do things right. Uh, so, Danderbin, you're now partially DM. Uh, so, I write down okay. in my magic book the, with the raven quill uh, what uh, I say, what happened to Aura and Margot. And I scribble that with the raven quill. So, I'm going to go ahead and roll for that. Okay. Uh, that was a 15. Okay, that's what you need. 15 okay, or then, All right. Then uh, appearing on the page, I just wanted to make sure that that was the correct DZ since I didn't know. So um, uh, appearing on the page is they are now in a place beyond time. Maybe they can be rescued at some point, but first you must find them. They are not where, they are when. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, uh, maybe we should research how to save them exactly. Well, yeah, time. We have to find a way to build a stable portal to get us through time. I yeah, mean, Bob would... can't we? Can't that one just reappear and we can jump through it? I, I have no idea. But what are the odds? Like, what are the odds? I mean, it just reappeared just then in the same spot. But how long would, do you think we'd have to wait? Because the last person disappeared eight days ago. Now, Aura's but, gone. Do, will we have to wait another eight days? Another seven? Maybe another year? As long as it takes, I suppose. We're talking about the ethereal plane here, Danderbin. I don't know what that is. Bob will pipe up and he'll say, I think our first order of business should be to take all the information we can to the Mages Guild to get some assistance and figure out with some experts on what's going on here. Uh, what we'll do is I, I know that I, I'm going to be researching this like crazy and see what happened and try to try to figure out what's going on. And so I will leave all of my notes inside my wagon. So my wagon will be right on the outskirts of town in the stables. Anybody that needs to access any of my notes and ideas can go there and access those. And maybe we can figure out what's been happening to all of these people. Well, I mean, try with some correlation with the Tinker's Guild, we can... Instead of having to run on the chances of these wild portals, we can have a surefire chance by building our own gateway into the ethereal plane. I wonder if, I wonder if perhaps not necessarily that these portals 
are becoming wild on their own, but perhaps someone or something is manipulating them. It very well could be. I, I know I'm going to be showing up tomorrow to see what happens here and, and maybe bring some friends along and see, see, you know, what's happened. If there's anything on this other side, if I can get close enough. Yes, that's a good idea. Well, then I, 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 I know that this is probably not the best time, but I want to make sure that we're able to, to collaborate and try and figure out what's going on here and maybe get some more, more people to join our cause. So I, I'm going to go ahead and pull out my guild sign papers. So I think that this is something that, that is going to need more than just the Mage's Guild or more than just the Tinker's Guild or more than just the Fighter's Guild or the Merchant's Guild or the Shadow's Guild or any one guild to figure out. Well, will you sign the guild charter and help me form this so we can hopefully someday see Aura again? Of course. There's no, like, fine print that means we, like, sign over our souls or anything. It's like- uh, no, that's that's on page two. Just don't sign page two. <laughs> no, I wouldn't actually say that. This is a somber moment, damn it. No jokes. I signed <laughs> I signed both pages. Alright. <laughs> I like how you had to specify both. Um Can I at least look over the contract to make sure there's no catches, no bottom line, nothing that's going to, you know, be a bait and switch for me. Yeah, it literally is a pre filled out form with just the text in it and it says, um, uh, the people that sign below hereby swear to uphold all the laws of Port City and all of the laws and ordinances concerning the formation of guilds and their operation. And then it literally just has signatures, signature spaces. Okay, so it's going to be extremely messy, but it, it, I, I'm going to go ahead and write my name in there. All right. So then you have signed the guild charter. Uh, Braden has signed the guild charter and an additional piece of paper that says my soul is now bobbed. Thorun, would you sign? Uh, the double whammy. Yeah. I'd sign. All right, Thorun signs. And I say, okay, well, as I said, I will leave my wagon on the outskirts of town and hopefully um, we can gain some more allies that would be willing to join in the cause and hopefully we can get Aura back very soon and all of the other people that have disappeared into the plane. And then I would start, you know, galloping back to Port City. Would everybody head back that way? I'd lean into Thorin and say, Joke's on him. I already sold my soul. (laughs) 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 Oh, that was great. Axel, buddy, I gotta get you back up. Yeah, I would help you load Axel into the wagon and we would... We would be able to, it would take a while, but we would be able to drag it back with, between Braden Steeter and, and my horse. We would be able to drag the wagon with Axel back into town. Once we get into town, then I would uh, drop Axel and Freud off at uh, the Tinker's Guild. I would show you guys where I'm going to park the wagon and then um, say my goodbyes to everybody. A little bit teary, teary eyed as I say goodbye. I'd probably go back to the beach, just like camp nearby that area to keep an eye on it. No, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, you uh, head back to the beach and you are able to camp along the shore. Virgil, what would you do? I will go back to my forge and I will forge and forge and, and not stop forging for a very long time. It, yeah, it gets to the point where uh, you see that some of the other smiths that you know hear the ring of the forge come down to check on you and and uh, one goes to say something and another guy kind of grabs his shoulder and shakes his head now as you're just hammering away at this piece of metal that's as paper thin 
as paper thin can get. I mean, there, there, there's nothing left of this metal that you were just hammering away at. Keith, uh, Freud, I'm assuming that you would then put Axel back together? Um, I gotta make sure I have, you know, the stuff to put him back together. Um, but also, I'm going to be talking with uh, Tixwell about what I, well, Fizzwhip, uh, about what was found and possible plans to build a portal into the ethereal plane. Yeah, you're able to side note that uh, since it's very late in the evening by the time you get back, you're able to kind of write all that down so that you can meet with him first thing in the morning. Uh, And you do it with a rudimentary inspection. You're able to see that nothing was actually broken in Axel. Uh, It was just a gear with that that fangs and whatnot locking into that. There was a gear that was pulled out of place. And so you're able to realign that uh, and get him working again with minimal effort. Aura. You are drifting in the ethereal plane. As everything gets fuzzy around you and your vision begins to fade, you see hundreds and hundreds of other people floating around with you. Though there is no air here, you don't feel the need to breathe. Though there is no food or water here, you feel neither thirst nor hunger. You are floating around in this timeless, endless space, full of everything, like people, and full of nothing all at the exact same time is a very odd and and magical feeling. You see no sign of the phase spiders that drug you in here. You see only wisps and motes of energy floating around. Other than that, there is just an ethereal nothingness around you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of The Chaos Man. I hope that we haven't scared any of you away and that you will join us again for the next episode. Stay tuned until after the music ends for our first giveaway. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and uh, taking part in that episode. I know it was a bit of an emotionally charged episode. Uh, I definitely got teary-eyed at the end of that music. So we will go ahead and do our very first giveaway. So this very first giveaway has to do with our very own Aura, who is unfortunately leaving us in this incarnation. Uh, But don't worry, Hope will be back with a new character very, very soon. So for our very first giveaway, we will be giving away the brand new adventure book, Descent into Avernus. So all you need to do to take part in this giveaway is answer the question I am about to ask and send your email to dmbob at theadventuringguild.com. Links to that will be down in the show notes. All that I need from you is your name, your shipping address, and the answer to the question. All of the correct ones will go into a big pot together, and I will randomly draw one out on the very first episode of November, and we will announce who it is, and then that book will be shipped to you uh, as soon as that hits. So thank you guys very, very much, and here is my question. Aura, though her campaign with us has been short, has been very full of adventure. Can you tell me where her first adventure took place, on what continent within Arcadia, 
on what island within the Elemental Islands did her first adventure take place. You can find all that information on theadventuringguild.com under character introductions, and you will find her portrait there along with that information. So thank you guys very, very much, and I hope that you enjoy this and come back next week for another adventure.